The 393rd edition of the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by our Patreon. Score exclusive perks, content, and contests, including our NFL Wins Totals Contest with a $1,000 prize. Join today at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. Hi, yo, it's Jen Reno's, and welcome to the MMA Gambling Podcast and the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, episode 393. It's going out to my brother, whose birthday is today. Happy birthday, bro, and thank you for coming to the podcast. I am back. I'm not just backing your holes, but I'm back actually winning all my picks. I'm Jeff Chalks Fox, and it wasn't just Chalky last night. I hit some dogs, a big dog. Actually, both of them were fairly big by my standards, so we'll, we'll get all into that in one moment when we break down, recap UFC on ESPN. Sanhagen versus Font. Let's bring in the man who I finally beat after getting beat by him for a few weeks in a row. It's the it's his uh, time of year. It's Gumby season. It's Daniel Gumby Reeland. Hello. Yeah, it's we're, we're to contender series, so I'm gonna let you have this one. Uh, <laughs> I'm not even gonna battle back with excuses for why I lost picks because I'll be honest. With the exception of the uh, Jeremiah, well, I guess there's two that kind of bugged me. The Jeremiah Wells one bugged me. What is he doing throwing haymakers like that after winning two rounds easily? He actually got a 10-8 round, too, by the way. Oh, really? Yeah. The I had round, him, too, though, so yeah, can't one, complain. I, well, I can't had, complain about that. Wells, the one I will complain about is how damn good Damon Jackson looked in the first round. He yeah. basically fought directly as I drew it up to beat Billy Quarantillo. Uh, and then just, like, no gas for the second and third. Just, like, completely out of gas. Um, his, so that was, his performance matches his performance matches hairline once he hit round two. Oh, uh, it's disappearing. a little disappearing. <laughs> yeah. but no, uh, he, he just looked like an old guy, but yes, disappearing as well. Yes. Yeah, and is he? Um, he's not as old as we think he is. No, right? no, he's the same age as Quarantillo, I think. He's. I he's don't think there was any age discrepancy. So he's actually one. He's no, he's actually younger than Billy Quarantillo. Is he Martin, by a few months or something? Right. Yeah, by like two months. He's like two months. Yeah. There you go. That's wild, man. Yep. Yep. Those yeah. Guys are, those guys are both a year older than me. Wasn't yeah, ready for that. <laughs> well, you, you haven't been getting punched in the face for, for decades, so you're, you're aging well. That's that's true. I also, dude, dude Billy Quarantillo is aging better than Damon Jackson, but that's not, this is not an aging podcast. <laughs> no, it's not. There's plenty of those out there already. Yeah, I'm, I'm assuming. Sure. I, I don't listen to any yeah, of them, but I'm, su- I'm yeah. sure they're out there. Why doesn't Dan listen to him? Because he's busy watching Inca FC. I, I was. I was watching. That, that's that's a fight promotion, apparently. I watched no less than three fights from Inca FC uh, over the last two days. And you'll hear more about that if you listen to our episode, which will drop later today. Uh, because oh, we that's are right. Yeah, that's right. We're on we're on the, the contender series schedule, which means you get two in your ear holes on Sundays, ladies and gentlemen. That means I have twice the work to do. Great. <laughs> Thanks, people. Thanks, people. But uh, anyhow, that means I have less work to do tomorrow. That's all That's all that means. So, yes, we have to get through this damn UFC uh, recap before we, we can actually talk about the real fights on Contender Series, right? Yeah, and this was, a, this was kind of a fun one to talk about. I it, think there's – even though I went I went six and six, which ain't uh, all that pretty, there's still some, like, meaningful things that we should all talk about from this fight. Yeah. Game. No, it was it was a good card. I've I've heard people saying it's not a good card, but I think it wasn't a fun card. But every fight, I think, was at least decent until the main event. 
I think the only reason people have an issue with it is because it had the exact same amount of knockouts as the MLB did on uh, on Saturday. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Check the SGPN MMA uh, Twitter account if you don't know what we're talking about, but Gumby posted a really good uh, MLB fight. And speaking of MLB, Gumby and I are making MLB picks at sportsgumbypodcast.com now daily, and we're killing it there. I'm 11-1. Thank you very much. Yeah, I think I'm 10-4. in four. Uh, but I hit a nice uh, plus 120 prop on Kenta Maeda over on strikeouts. His Look line was uh, his line was five and a half, and he he totaled up seven against the Diamondbacks, who don't strike out that much. So uh, felt pretty good about that. So we're gonna do a hostile takeover of the, of the MLB uh, gambling podcast very soon. Maybe we'll keep Malcolm on. He he can he can stay on board. But the rest of those guys, we're kicking them out. We're taking over. I don't know. If you, I, I find myself <laughs> when I'm listening to that. Uh, and I don't know if he's right all the time, but uh, Lante is very, very persuading. Every time I hear his, yes. him, him like run down 35 straight stats in 30 seconds. <laughs> it's true. Like, I'm like, oh, yeah, I have to bet that. Like, he, he like just convinces me that he knows uh, who's going to win before they actually it actually happens. And I think he's probably got a good hit rate. You know, he's he's a smart yeah. guy. He's clearly putting the time into it. But like, man, is he convincing, too? <laughs> Yep, you got to be persuasive. It, it's true, but yeah, no, but we're not really taking over. We don't have time for more podcasts. We're already giving you guys four a week on on MMA MMA here, and then Gummy's got his Top Turtle podcast. We're busy guys, so we'll. Uh, but the MLB is just a side hustle that we're really, really, really good at, right? Yeah. Oh, I lo- and I love <laughs> I watch a ton of MLB, so it's easy. There you go. Anything that starts with an M, Gumby will watch. Even uh, you watch MLB even uh, over Inca FC or. Samurai Fight House, or <laughs> sometimes, sometimes I dual screen Samurai Fight House wow. with, uh, with like an Oakland A's game. <laughs> um, oh boy, same level, right? Same level, uh, ru- roughly of, the of same level. There. Yeah, yeah, roughly the For same sure. level. <laughs> Luckily, we, we saw a higher level of competition last night. UFC on ESPN, Sanhagen versus Font went down in the Bridgestone Arena, at Nashville, Tennessee. Seventeen thousand seven hundred ninety-two people in attendance over a two million dollar gate. So. Um, maybe we're going to see less and less UFC APAC shows. Um, if UFC keeps uh, pulling in, uh, large gates everywhere they, they go around the country, because um, it would just make dollars and cents to do that. So despite all the decisions, we had four finishes out of the 12 fights, um, or five finishes, one, two, three, four, four, five, four five, finishes, five, five, was there five, five. Yeah. You're missing the final answer. Yes. Five. Yeah, yeah. We had three in a row. Yeah. We have five finishes. Um, but every fight, like I said, was good, in, unless, except for the main event. The main event is what people are complaining about, but it was a tactical fight, and it, it made sense for the person who fought that way. Uh, we'll dive all into that after I tell you about our Patreon. Yes, SGPN has a Patreon, and it helps keep the lights on here. So make sure you check it out. Sports Gambling Podcast Patreon is perfect for the diehard degen, which if you're listening to this, you're surely a diehard degen. Sign up for the Patreon to get access to exclusive contests, including the NFL win the totals contest with a thousand dollar first place prize. So you can win money. You pay a little bit and you win a lot. Plus a monthly SGP stories podcast and ad free uncensored show highlighting the best stories from decades of being degens. There's even a discord channel just for patrons. Sports gambling podcast has and always will give out all their picks for free. Patreon is a great way to support the network and fight back against corporate gambling. Sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash P-A-T-R-E-O-N. All right. As I told you what we were going to talk about, we will go right to the main event. We we got it right. Um, Corey Sandhagen defeated Rob Font. Unanimous decision. 50-45 across the board. Uh, only thing 
at least I didn't get right is I, I wrote it was going to be a war and a bloody battle. It was neither of those things. Um, it was, I guess, it, it's hard to say because we like Corey Sandhagen. It's hard to say this, but it was kind of a lay-in prey uh, performance for Corey Sandhagen, a controlling performance, a smothering performance. He, he took Rob Font down and then didn't do too much. Luckily, I was uh, watching it delayed, so I got to watch it at double speed because I'm like, oh, nothing is happening here. Every every round is the same as the round before. Sanhagen takes down Font, doesn't do much, but does enough to win the round um, and enough to win the fight. And to get the main thing here is people have to remember this gets him his second half of his paycheck. And probably Sanhagen is probably making six figures. So he probably are close to it. So he, uh, performing like that guaranteed himself, uh, you know, extra 100, 100K or something in the bank account for the family. So you can't really blame him for fighting the way he did. Yeah. And, and, you know, I still think he's probably in line for a title shot here at the end of the day. Um, you know, if it's it, a mer- if it's a meritocracy, but uh, with but like what, like what that, else? What else do you got yeah, there? Though? Else, though? So, so let, let's say let's say August rolls around the end of August rolls around and, and Aljamain Sterling does exactly what we think he's going to do, which is take Sean O'Malley down six seconds into the fight, backpack him and chuck him out. And if he does that and says, you know, screw it, I'm done with one thirty five. And you send him up, he gets to fight Volkanovsky or maybe a number one contender fight against Max Holloway or something like that. And you vacate his belt. Sanhagen Devalishvili, right? Because because like you're not going to be able to just roll yeah. O'Malley right back out there to get the same thing to happen to him, right? Like uh, you can't as long as he loses, O'Malley loses the way I expect him to lose. You can't then say. Oh, well, let him do it to Aljamain Sterling's teammate, who is literally, you know, a more smothering version of Aljamain Sterling with a little bit less jujitsu, right? And and like a better gas tank. So I think, I don't think you'll be able to roll it back. I don't think O'Malley will want to roll it right back to a title shot. He'll probably want to go back to the, the drawing board. And so like, while he does that, it will probably be Sanhagen versus Davalashvili. And I don't see anything wrong with that. And I actually think it's a pretty intriguing fight because as Corey Sanhagen showed this past weekend, the dude can wrestle. Um, oh, yeah. and, and like, apart from like giving up one, like real ugly takedown to Aljamain Sterling, which I'm not going to say is a fluke, but it was like, it, he was clearly not his best that day. I, I think he could maybe hang with, with, uh, Tabash Philly cause his wrestling holds up. And this is a rarity for us to say that Corey Sanhagen fight was boring as well. The yeah. man bleeds. He's, yeah, he's yeah. just bleed. Well, and like he said, he wasn't 100, which you know I know I mentioned in the Discord this morning for anybody who's in there is like no no fighters 100, but he said he was banged up and he thought about possibly pulling out because he was injured and all that kind of stuff. Then he gets an opponent change at the very last second, and it's uh, you know Rob Font is a 180 degree turn from who he was supposed to fight in Umar Nurmagomedov, so like. He he could have stood and traded with Rob Font for 25 minutes, and I'm still pretty confident he would have come out there with a win. But, like, why? You know, like, for what? Um, it, unless, like, you know, you think only that war was going to get you the title shot. I, I mean, he he did just absolutely manhandle Rob Font on the ground all the time. So, you know, props to him for that. He fought the smart way. He got it done easy, seemingly, even with an injury. Um and, uh, yeah, I think he's he's probably no worse for the wear, can heal up and wind up with that title shot. Do you think your scenario that you played out earlier uh, with Sterling winning, vacating and moving up, do you think that is what's going to happen? 
I mean, what's, he, what's your how uh, how sure are you of that? He he's hinted at that. He said pretty much that O'Malley's the last guy on his checklist, which makes sense, okay. right? Because he beat uh, Henry Cejudo, a, a big name in the division, a guy who's like a legacy fight. He's beat, um, you know, he beat Corey Sanhagen. If he beats Sean O'Malley, like th- there's like a rematch with Sanhagen in there. He's not going to fight Rob. They already said they're not yep. going to fight. So like, otherwise we're just waiting for the bottom of this division to shake itself out and to see, you know, one of those up and comers finally take the step forward. Right. Cause there's a bunch of those guys down there, right. They're the, the Jonathan Martinez is of the world and the Mario Batista's and the, you know, even to an extent, the Kyler Phillips is and like, they, they're all way off. They got time to get there. He'd be fighting a bunch of rematches until they got there. So, you know, I don't, I don't think he needs to do any of that. Um, and, and I also think he believes that Marab Devashvili deserves to be a champion. So like he can move up. He's cemented his legacy at Bantamweight if he goes in there and submits uh, Sugar. So I, I think he's going to do it. All right, let's, let's do it, Dan. Make it happen. Let's make it happen. Um, all right, so that was the main event. We hit that. Um, thank you very much. We It wasn't a very good line, though. It was minus 315. Neither was the co-main event, but I hit my my special prop play here. Tatiana Suarez, via submission, I had at plus 128, so I was happy to hit that. Both of us hit her at minus 330 on the money line, but we thought the line was a little off, a little, little too high to play just the money line, it's, so we recommended... Uh, playing some sort of stoppage inside the distance thing. Luckily the submission one did come through for me because uh, she submitted former champ, Jessica Andrade, guillotine choke 131 in the second round without much difficulty, really like uh, um, Andrade didn't really get much going in this fight. Uh, Suarez pretty much was in control the whole time. Yeah. I, I mean, th- this was what we were hoping Tatiana Suarez is, um, you know, I, I said on the show, you know, we, we still haven't seen her, consistently put a bunch of performances together and we've seen her look really good. And then we've seen her off for years and, you know, she was at flyweight last fight. And now she's coming to straw weight and fighting a woman who is in flyweight. And like, you know, there, there were a lot of moving factors, but man, did she just look exactly like she was supposed to great takedowns. She wasn't even necessarily real deep on them. She just gets a hold of that ankle and she makes it happen from there, which I think makes her maybe even more deadly than somebody who is in on the takedowns all the time, because she can like, she can shoot from wherever she can shoot from 10 feet away. And as long as she gets a finger on you, you're going down. Um, yep. and, and that was really impressive. And then on top of that too, her submission game is just sick. Um, it's so good. Um, I, I don't know that I've seen a woman's jujitsu game look as good as hers. Maybe ever. Um, Ooh, you know, ever. like, yeah, like, I, I think her sense of submissions is, like, because, like, look, Mackenzie Dern, like, tournament jiu-jitsu, really good, right? Yeah. Um, But, like, Mackenzie Dern goes for a lot of shit that's not there, right? Like, she she sometimes holds on to a choke, and you're like, well, that's not in. Or sometimes she picks up her hips and looks for an armbar, and you're like, well, that's not there. When Tatiana Suarez is on something, you know it's over. Uh, You know she's got it exactly where she wants to. So she's very much a position over submission jiu-jitsu type. But man, her positioning is just so good. And I think it's the way she blends her jujitsu with her wrestling. Um, and also her like aversion to risk. She's not a risky fighter in any way, shape, or form. She just does the best thing. Um, I said in the Discord last night, I'd pick her to beat Whaley Zhang tomorrow. If, yeah, if they, I think I would too. Yeah, I think if you squared them all, and I think we'd get Dog Bunny on it. 
Um, that would be I nice, wouldn't it? I think we'd get dog money on it. I think she'd beat her. I, and I think she deserves the next title shot. No offense to Yan Shaunan. Um, Yan Shaunan caught Jessica Andrade with a punch and won a fight there. And that was the last time she won. She's been off for a little while. I don't know if she's been promised a title shot or what's what's keeping her out. But man, this I'll be honest. I think this is more impressive than the knockout. Yeah, but we have Atlanta. Atlanta. Amanda Lemos is is the next one up, apparently, right? That's yeah, but that's book. That's, that's that's Boston, right? Yeah, that's Boston. So that's two nope. weeks away. Is it? Okay. So yeah, right. so that that just tells me that Weili Zhang and Tatiana Suarez's yep. time frames are going to line up perfectly. <laughs> yes, and hopefully, yeah, we got to get Suarez. Well, she's fought twice already this year, so that's that's a good sign right there, because she was not out for for so long, um, and she's a good story, you know. Overcoming injuries, overcoming cancer when she was younger. Like, um, she's definitely a good story. A thing that I um, noticed last night, maybe I'm being a conspiracist, which I usually try not to be, is uh, John Anik mentioned in her corner was Bellator interim champion, Patchy Mix. You never hear them say Bellator before, or I've never noticed them mention Bellator before on a broadcast. Yeah, that, that was pretty uh, pretty did, random. Did that stand out too to you? It did, especially after yeah. we just talked about Padgy Mix's profile being on UFC.com. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, I, I and I said, I, you know, I don't think this means the UFC bought them, but it's it's a weird thing for them to have on there. Somebody said yeah. the AI seems to be aggregating all of the names of MMA fighters and just putting them on UFC.com, um, which is a weird, like, data mining kind of thing that they're doing, if that is, in fact, the case. Um, yeah, but but at the end of the day, John like, Anik is not AI, right? Exactly, and that that was <laughs> a little bit of the tip. Also, um, what what a power couple, right? <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Yeah, Patchy Mix and Tatiana Suarez's submission games are phenomenal. <laughs> who, who wins a wrestling match between those two? That's that's. Uh, I guess he's he's a higher weight class, so yeah, he's, probably not fair. Oh, is he? He's not that much higher, right? He's thirty. Yeah, thirty thirty five. Yeah. I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah, thirty five. Um. I did. I didn't watch all the post uh, match interviews because they're not worth my time. But I did catch her saying, uh, "Double champ, like no, we're not starting that already. You're not even a champ of one one weight class, and you're well." To, double to be fair, to be fair though, if she goes after you know, and she's clearly going after the strawweight one first, she yeah. submitted the current twenty five champ. So like yeah. her, her her desires and her putting it out there is just like. Hey, like better market myself as good as I possibly can, because let's face it. She beat Montana De La Rosa at flyweight. She probably could have finagled her way to fighting like somebody like Caitlin Chokagian and, and demanded, you know, Grasso versus Suarez too. like the path might have even been easier at flyweight. Yeah, it's true. But I don't want to Henry Cejudo here where she wins and then immediately goes up to be double champ. I want to see some defenses first. Yes. She's got to win. The Agreed. Ball, so Agreed. Agreed. Got to win the belt first, so we shall see. Uh, her her um, striking game seems to continue uh, to evolve as well. It's not like she was she was uh, spectacular last night, but she kept her, herself safe against a dangerous fighter like uh, Jessica Andrade. So that is good to see as well, because that's pretty much all that uh, uh, Zhang will will have over her is is the uh, is the striking. So if she if her striking defense is on point, then yeah, she should at least be single single champ before we move to double champ. So. Uh, we hit a underdog light heavyweights third from the top. Dustin Jacoby TKO punches Kennedy and Chukwu minute 22 into the first round. He stunned him uh, on the feet and Chukwu went down pretty much uh, the, the guys in sphere. MMA were saying this as well. He pretty and Chukwu pretty much did what you should do to protect yourself. It's not like uh, Jacoby swarmed him, but it's not like he was 
getting through his defense with a lot of uh, a lot of strikes but um i've suggested more mma fighters do this just swarm your opponent even if you're not landing punches more often than not the ref nowadays will stop the fight and that's what happened uh the ref stopped the fight but do you agree that uh jacoby really wasn't getting through with a heck of a lot of punches when the fight got stopped yeah but I, i'm not sure it changes the outcome you know i guess no, i think no. he, he was still you know, there, there was no need for Kennedy to take any more abuse than he already was. He, he got hit real hard. I'm also just like, I, I have to say this, not to completely change the subject about the stoppage, but like, I'm so happy that Dustin Jacoby did what I I, I drew it up. I, I said he had to do in order to win this fight is that like when Kennedy gets a little nuts because he's gonna, he gets a little bit more risky. He's got to make him pay and make him pay hard because um, yep. otherwise he'll just keep taking those risks and getting on him. And, and he did. Um, and, and like, I think the the narrative on Justin Jacoby not being a finisher needs to go out the window because that's three of five of his last five wins that he's finished. Um, and, you know, we picked up a nice uh, if you were in the discord, there were a couple of us on that uh, plus 400 Dustin Jacoby knockout prop, which is uh, fantastic. Yeah, not a not a bad way to uh, to pick up your uh, subpar night. Yeah, we had Jacoby on the money line plus 140. Plus, it was despite he was entered that fight ranked number 15 he was on a two-fight losing streak so losing that fight you know may have gotten him cut you never know three three losses in a row even if you're a ranked fighter uh can get jacks especially around contender ser- uh, series season so it's good to see him get a win because he's a good guy and fun to watch fight so glad we get to see him fight another day here uh featherweights the young brazilian brian wilson came through for me diego lopez <laughs> took took care of the one half of the fade the canadian um uh, picks that I had here. He armbarred Gavin Tucker, minute 38 in the first round. Pretty nasty armbar. I'm not sure if it was a verbal uh, submission or... No, he tapped on the far leg. Oh, did you? Okay. Yeah, okay. If, if if you get the, the other angle on it, when he rolls over um, into the mount, he taps. There was speculation that... Um, his arm had broken or his elbow had broken. But look, he, he was moving it. Tucker was moving his arms okay after the, after the fight, which was good to see because he's already missed enough time as it is. We don't want him to be on the shelf again. Um, despite all this, I am glad I had Lopez at minus 150. Is he good though, Dan? Have we have we, uh, have we seen enough yet to know whether or not he's good or not? So I think his jujitsu is is maybe one of the best at featherweight. Because um, to do that to Gavin Tucker, it seemed really high level. I do yeah. wonder what would have happened if Gavin Tucker was just like, nah, we're not wrestling here, which uh, if you listen to my breakdown on Thursday, I said, you know, I think Tucker is a good enough wrestler that he won't have to go to the ground. And I think he's a better striker um, and he hits harder, which is why I had Gavin Tucker in this fight. And, uh, you know, he, he chose to wrestle to try to, you know, clearly take this round and, and on the ground, he just like, he wasn't even close to being able to hang with Lopez, which just shows you how high level Yo- Lopez's jujitsu is. So, uh, yeah, I think his jujitsu is really good. I'm curious as what's going to happen when he faces some of these featherweight guys who can say, "Now nah, we we ain't grappling today, but uh, yeah. we're we're going to do this one on the feet." You know, like what happens when he runs into? And I think he's probably lined up for a fight like this now. What happens when he runs into Nate Landwehr? Like Nate Landwehr, low key can wrestle. He he was an M1 global champion by stuffing a bunch of Russian guys trying to shoot on him all the time, and that dude throws hands. So like, what does Lopez do if if you know he's just gonna throw hands with Nate Landwehr for 15 minutes? Can he get Nate Landwehr down? I I just don't know if I've seen enough of the like wrestling acumen of of Lopez to to make the determination that he can like win fights that other people don't lose. 
You know what I yep. mean by that? Um, yep. But, but man, his jujitsu is good. It's so fun to watch. Yep, that was good. Uh, Tucker is a Henzo Gracie black belt, so he knows what he's doing on the ground. Um, you think Tucker gets to live another day? 37, lost two straight fights, hasn't been very active. Uh, let's see. Or who are we going to send him back to Newfoundland? He beat Billy Quarantillo. Yeah. Don't do MMA mm-hmm. math, Dan. Yeah, but sometimes like a win over somebody meaningful and the loss is yeah. to Ige. Yeah. Uh, I think he gets one more. I hope so. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I'll f- get to fade my fellow Canadian once again. So, uh, so that underdog didn't come through, but one place where underdogs will always come through for you is underdog fantasy. That was a fantastic transition. We're brought to right one. Underdog fantasy was one of my, one of my best. The NFL season is right around the corner. Underdog Pick'em is a great way to get down on a ton of NFL player props and is available in a ton of markets. Plus, plenty of opportunities to win in their daily MLB contests. And, of course, make sure to enter Best Ball Media 4, where first place gets $3 million. Head over to underdogfantasy.com and use promo code SGPN for 100% deposit bonus up to 100 bucks. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. I always ruin my fantastic transitions by announcing it was a good transition, and that just ruins the transition. <laughs> Let's transition to a losing pick for me. Um, this was the other half of the fade the Canadian uh, parlay. Gumby actually played a Canadian parlay that didn't come through, but the first half came through. Tanner Bowser. This was one of the fights that was eh, kind of eh. It was all right because Bowser kind of turned on, uh, put his foot on the gas near the end of the fight, but he uh, had more than enough to take care of Alex Kamer. Thirty twenty seven across the board. I I thought I'd roll the dice on Kamer because I wasn't impressed with either guy heading into this. Um, I was distracted the whole uh fight because. I didn't realize how much Alexa Kamer looked like Frank Zappa until until last night. I'm like, wow, that's Frank Zappa. I wonder if he knows who his, his father is. That that's uh that's pretty great because you got Frank Zappa and Brian Wilson. Uh, good for you. Yes. Um, yeah. on the same card. Uh, no, look, hey, T- Tanner Bolzer did exactly what I expected here. So much faster, so much yeah, sharper with his striking. I got to give it to Kamer though. That dude has got a rock solid head. Yep. Um, I don't and, know. How and he, he, did, uh, I don't know. How he didn't go down. <laughs> no, and and he, uh, he rocked Bozer at least once. He stunned him, but then Bozer came. Seemed, it seemed to anger him, <laughs> and he came back harder. Yeah, and when also like the ones he's stunning him with, for the most part, like nothing straight from Kamer. I think that's probably right. his biggest detriment. Is like everything's real wide. All of his shots are. So unless you tuck one behind the ear or hit him right on the chin. You're usually not doing too much damage with uh, with those big wide shots, not the way you are with the big straight ones that slap people's heads back. And that's I mean, that's what Bowser was doing to Kamer. Kamer was doing the damage or uh, Bowser was doing the damage with straight shots. So, yeah, um, Kamer will have uh, plenty of time on the regional scene to to work on his craft now after this fight more than likely. Right. Yeah, I can't imagine he gets another shot here. And and that's a shame because I think he's got a lot of potential. Uh, but that yeah. is three straight losses. And one of those is to Thick Willie, uh, William yep. Knight. And, and who did he beat, Dan? <laughs> Justin, Justin Ledette. Le- Justin Ledette. And if you want to count Contender Series, Fabio Charant. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. not a great It's not a great crew. <laughs> no, but he, he can start. He, he can front a Zappa tribute band and and travel around the the Cleveland Ohio area. So, which is where he's from. So there you go. In the very least. Um. Uh, so Gumby hit that. Good job, Gumby. Um. We both did not hit this one. Ignatius Ignatius Bahamonas Ignacio. Excuse me. Was as big as we as we expected him. He, he hasn't shrunk at all. He's still a large man. Uh. But Ludovic Klein was a bit better than than we were given credit for. At least in this fight. 30-27, 29-28, 29-28. He came out the gate, uh, like the first round, he uh, 
client took care of business and kind of got Bahamonas on his heels. And then he really didn't let up from there. So I, I was thinking Klein was, oh, maybe Klein will get cut if he if he loses. That's three wins in a row for him. He's yeah. been sneak, sneakily winning fights behind my back. Yeah, I, I think um, I, yeah, I think you you pretty much hit the nail on the head. He came out, he got that takedown. I think Baja Mondays was just afraid he was going to get taken down the rest of the time. Just stopped, you know, letting go of his jab as much as he needs to. Stop throwing his front kicks the way he needs to. And yeah, it, it just wound up costing him the fight. I did like that he won the second round, came back strong in that second round. Yeah. But you know, it just was one of those things where uh, where where he wasn't his full self on the feet because he was worried about the mat. Yeah, he's he's still young, 25 years old. So um future could still be bright for him. Um because he he has he has a good package uh of of skills and obviously his size is unparalleled at lightweight. So and, and he looks like Miguel Angel Torres. So that's that's always a positive. And right? he looks like he yeah. looks like every other tall fighter from South America who I keep conflating <laughs> him with. Like exactly. I, I think I said it in the Discord too that the person I was thinking of when we broke him down on Thursday was Daniel Zell Hoover. I thought he was yes. Daniel Zell Hoover. <laughs> <laughs> Even Gumby gets confused sometimes about these fighters. So we both went four and two in the main card, which is good. Uh sometimes we crap out on the main cards and do okay the prelims, but uh last night went all right on the main card. Prelims is where Gumby crapped out. He's got to you got to bring back prelim primer. Uh and prelim pick them and prelim picker and all those podcasts and writing used to do Dan because, because you're, you're losing your edge in the prelims. Well, I, you know, I, man, there, there's two fights in here that could have gone the other way though. I could have very easily been four and two here. No, I know it's true. Let's break it down. The first one went the way we hoped it would. Kyla Phillips defeated Honey Barcelos 30, 27, 29, 28, 29, 28. Good fight. Barcelos, um, is got a lot of dog in him, as they like to say. Um, definitely gave the young Phillips all that he could handle, but Phillips was just too fast and too athletic and uh, pretty much sharp everywhere. Um, really good when uh, anytime Barcelos would get him down, he would be offensive off of his back and and uh, not just be content to lay in his back like so many fighters are, especially guys that are good at jiu-jitsu. No, he, uh, he worked... Um, like I said, worked his offense, and if, if that didn't work, then he, he would get himself up immediately. So um, good performance by Phillips. Yep, not much to say here. Fast guy uh, beats old guy, uh, and that was pretty yep. much our breakdown. <laughs> and hopefully his his piss does not melt any test tubes this, test tubes this time, and he can uh, book another you can fight. You actually enjoy the win. <laughs> yep, enjoy the win and uh, book another fight. Uh, all right, Walter Waits. This one was uh, – the gut shot of the night. Luckily I, I had a bunch of other picks come through, but yeah, this one hurt. Uh, Jeremiah Wells did exactly what we would ex uh, expected. Just so explosive and uh, dominant in the wrestling realm. Um, almost had Carlson Harris submitted a few times and then he got himself submitted a very strange submission. And of course our wise announcers, Dominic Cruz is so good at this uh, mentioned right before Wells um, didn't tap out. No, he, he went unconscious right before he mentioned that. He said, there's, there's no way he's going to get uh, submitted from this angle, but he did technical submission and a kind of choke one fifty into the third round. Wells looked good up to that point, but then he didn't. Well, he, he looked good up until the third round started and he was throwing yeah. wild haymakers. Cause like what, yeah. what was working for him was he wasn't overextending himself and he was keeping himself in good position to hit the takedowns, to be in advantageous positions you know, two leg ride and do all the other good things. And then he started throwing haymakers. Uh, I, and I know it was because he was up and he was feeling confident, but uh, Hey, that's sometimes the price you pay for, for hubris here. So uh, yeah, I, I mean, like he's, he's definitely better than Harris. I think we had this fight pegged perfect, 
Yeah. It just it just you know sometimes in MMA these things happen. It's true. <laughs> Hopefully he learns from this his first UFC loss. But the issue is the guy's gonna be 37 in a couple months, so it's not like um, it's not like he's in his early 20s and you know you can uh, take your time and learn from stuff. He's he's kind of got to get going here. So. Hopefully, like like we said, he learns from this and um, and is better next time out. Featherweights, I had Billy Quarantillo, and he came through. He beat Damon Jackson, as we mentioned off the top. 29-28, across the board. First round, Jackson came out, guns a-blazing. Looked really good striking. Uh, surprisingly, it was not the grappling that was... that was Grappling was in there, but but the striking which is what really stood out. Uh, but if if anyone who's watched Billy, Billy Q fight before, they know... You know, that just gets him warmed up, and he, he put it on him. The second and third round, this may have been the worst commentating uh, by um, by Dominic Cruz and Bisbing a little bit. Um, this fight, like, th- this was a very clear first-round Jackson, second-round Quarantillo, third-round Quarantillo, but um, Dominic Cruz made the very wise statement that when Damon Jackson uh, hit a takedown with a minute left, like, oh, this will this might win the round for him. And then uh, he very quickly, the fight was not on the ground any longer, and he continued to get beat up on the feet. So, I, and then after the fight, Bisping mentioned how I don't know who won. That was really the that was really close. But in my eyes, it was pretty clear cut. It was a pretty easy fight to fight to score. But that's why I don't usually listen to the the commentators. Yeah, I, I that was pretty bad. Um, but that being said, I you know I already kind of mentioned this. It, it's just a shame to see you know exactly the the stylistic matchup happen that I wanted in round one, only to have uh, rounds two and three go the opposite way for me because he's out of gas. Um, yep. But you know, hey, maybe that's what happens when you start to hit your mid thirties here. Yep, I hope Damon Jackson um, gets to stick around a little bit. Like he's already been cut before in the past, you know, he's looked good, but now he's lost two straight. So you never know. He also has his own uh, gym now. Uh, yeah. so it's, it's starting to, he does have a win over Pat Sabatini and a loss to Dan Ige. Stop me if you've heard this before. Um, <laughs> Cause I believe that's what we just said about Gavin Tucker. Um, you know, yeah. he has this one good win, but he also lost to Dan Ige. Uh, yeah. But yeah, no, I don't, I don't know. Um, yeah. I, I hope he sticks around too. He, he might not be sticking around much longer himself anyway. Yeah. Now that he has this, because he he opened, uh, I believe, a, the second Fortis location. Now there's another oh, Fortis really? MMA, cool. and it's it's Damon Jackson owned. So yeah, um, so like he might be on his way out anyway. Yep. So I hit Quarantillo. Um, good fight. Uh, flyweights. Cody Durden. He came through for me. I uh, beat Jake Hadley. Thirty twenty seven across the board. Pretty dominant fight. Even though he he did get himself caught in a really gnarly um, straight armbar. He was. Clearly grimacing. It was well over a minute that he was stuck in that armbar, and I was afraid he was going to tap, but he did not. But yeah, Durden had more than enough uh, for Hadley on the feet and on the ground. It wasn't just a boring grinded out on the ground when he was he was picking Hadley off on the feet too. So Durden, maybe someone we have to look out for at, at Flyweight because he's on a bit of a roll now. I think that's four straight wins for him. Yeah, I think we we should probably keep our eye on Cody Durden. But I will say, and correct me if I'm wrong really terrible scorecards for everybody here right how in the um, hell how in the hell does Hadley... was close i think but but i he was he, in he a would have thought at least one <laughs> yeah but he he was right before that he was almost submitted himself that's the thing but yeah so I, just I see what you're saying so just so you know if you go on on mma decisions you are the only person who would be, <laughs> who would be arguing including the sure dog crowd uh that that uh Jake Hadley did not win round two. Literally, well, I stand every corrected, weekend, then don't I? 
literally every media member has it 29-28. The only people who had 30-27 were the actual judges of that fight. Um, you can't be that deep in an armbar, no matter, in, unless you were damn near unconscious earlier in the round. Yeah. You can't be that deep on an armbar where it looks like you're hyperextended and somehow win the round. Like it would have had. You're, been- you're uh, deflecting though, Dan. That I got this pick right and it was an underdog, and you did not. Stop deflecting. Yeah, I mean, I I told everybody the number was <laughs> ludicrous. Like never play. I said yeah. it was a dog or pass spot. So I mean, like still yeah. the the read I expected here. Um, and and maybe turn in somebody to watch, but like, look, it, it's not like Jake Hadley has some like sterling record where we're like, oh, you know, Jake Hadley's a hyper prospect and a guy to keep an eye on. Like this is a guy who recently lost to Alan Nascimento too, right? And like, yeah, I, I, are, I, I, are we writing home is. about Alan Nascimento? Yeah. Like. The, the shine is off him, uh, isn't it? He didn't he didn't look so hot on the contender series, right? And then he definitely didn't look hot once he entered the UFC. He hasn't really lived up to the to the hype behind him, right? Yeah, I mean he looked all right on contender series. He fought kind of a uh iffy prospect in Mitch Raposo, who's a northeast guy, but always like a northeast guy who's kind of beat up a bunch of cans. So um, you know, like I, I think he looked good enough. But like, yeah, he's just I, I don't know that Cody Durden would be, you know, a lot of the, the guys who can wrestle in this division. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, yeah. he already he already lost to Mokayev, um, yeah. and now he's beaten like kind of like a who's who of like lanky guys who couldn't stop his wrestling. Um, yeah. So, like, if you put him with like a Tim Elliott type, like, I think he just gets beat. Y- yeah, probably. Um We'll see. Maybe that's who he'll get matched up with with next. But let's not take away the fact I hit a plus one sixty five dog under, and so that was a good start or early early start to the night there. Um, we both had Sean Woodson. It was pretty easy pick. It was a catchweight fight against Dennis Bazooka, who did come in overweight as well. Um, can't really blame a guy who took a fight on a couple of days notice uh, if he comes in a little overweight. But that's what happened, and he got uh, outclassed thirty twenty seven across the board. I think you were saying this in, in the Discord. Bazooka is in UFC caliber. I don't think so. And I know there's been like a couple of like MMA pundits, like like prospect guys who I trust their opinion, who when yeah. he got signed were like, oh, thank God, finally. The guys um, in the Discord, I, I think, were kind of high on him too. I don't think they were picking him to win, but I, I thought some people were were uh, thinking he, he was a decent prospect. Maybe, but like the the... the uh, there were people out there who were like, man, we where he is. This is long overdue. And I was like, did you guys remember his fight on contenders? Like, it wasn't good. Like, he he, he was like one of the only people who did, won and didn't get a contract that season because that's how dull his fight was. And it wasn't dull in a way that like, oh, he's just got really good wrestling and you don't know what you're watching. His like wrestling kept failing up against the cage against the guy who like didn't have great wrestling defense and his striking didn't look sharp. And I mean, we just saw all that again, right? Sean Woodson beat the tar out of him. And anytime he got close to the cage and like held him on the cage for a second, like Woodson need him in the stomach twice and got out of there. And like, I, I don't know who Dennis Bazooka or Bazookia, uh, Bazookia beats at, at featherweight. I, I think almost every featherweight in the UFC beats that guy. Yeah, but you step in a short notice, you pretty much guarantee yourself at least two fights. So yep. um, fade him next time um, for his next fight. And then in the opener, sadly, we missed on our underdog here. This was not even close. I think Ode Osborne is going to get uh, get buried by us here. Um, Asu Almabayev took care of Ode Osborne. Apparently, that was Ode Osborne in the cage. He didn't really look like him uh, the way he fought. He got submitted to Rune choke 311 in the second round. Osborne did nothing the whole fight. 
Yeah, Omabayev looked a little bit better than I thought he was going to. Yep. You know, I like yeah. knocked his wrestling. He shot from too far away. He didn't necessarily he did that, do though. the uh, a little a little <laughs> bit. Least, maybe not maybe not yeah. as bad as I I thought he was going to. And the the difference was just like Ode didn't look like he had any defensive wrestling anymore. And nope. he looked slow, looked unwilling yep. to throw his jab at times. Like, yeah, I, I don't know what to say about that version of Ode. I, I hope I hope uh, I hope that's not the last we see of him because I know there's a lot better versions of him in there. Um, and this is kind of disappointing to watch. So, uh, yeah, um, not much to say about that other than, you know, Omobayev no. might be a little better. O- Ode is definitely better than what we saw. Yes, Surrey, or at least he was uh, last time we saw him. So that concludes the night. I went eight and four, won two hundred bucks. So that was that was nice. I finally get back in the winning column. I'm still only at fifty eight percent on the arrow, which isn't good enough for me. So we're gonna get that well over sixty again, hopefully soon. Gumby six and six, lost two twenty. He's at fifty four percent. I'm ahead by nine hundred bucks and four percent. But there's still time. But there's still time. Yes, there we go. Um, Gumby did not, Gumby's usually pretty good with the locks, stocks, and props. Not last night. He uh, whiffed on all three. Yeah. Wells, Tucker, and Bahamones via knockout. I whiffed on two, but I hit the one. I had Wells, I had Osborne, and then I had Suarez via sub. So that was nice. I, nice of her to, uh, make me look good on that one. And then super hunger man, junk, super van parley. Usually we get half of it, right? Um, Bozer via KO didn't happen. Wells via KO didn't happen as well, but better luck next week. Cause there's always a next week with the UFC, Dan. And there is. We got Luke A versus Dos Anjos coming up this coming Saturday, August the 12th. They are back at the UFC Apex right after I said how maybe they'll do more shows on the road. This one's actually back in the Apex. You've seen the ESPN Luke A versus Dos Anjos, aka UFC Vegas 78, August the 12th. Main event, Vincente Luke versus Rafael Dos Anjos. A couple of veterans going at it. Welterweight. Uh, then we got Cleo Rountree, Junior, Chris Dacus, Pollyanna Vienna, Yasmin Lucindo, Josh Prezin, Martin Boudet, Josh Fremd, Jamie Pickett round out the main card. Prelims, Juliana Miller, Luana Santos, AJ Dobson, Tafon and Chukwi, JP Bias, Marcus McKee, Francis Marshall, Isaac Dolgerian, Jacqueline Amarim, Montserrat Ruiz, one of Gumby's Mount Rushmore, uh, Cub Swanson, Hakeem Dabodu, that should be on the main card, uh, least co-main event, and then Demon Blackshear, Brady Heistead. That fight's not Heistan. happening. Oh, that one's not happening. No, Demon Blackshear. McKinney. Demon Blackshear is still looking for an opponent, but Brady Highstand okay. is out with a staff infection, if I'm not mistaken. Wikipedia strikes again. How about Mike Braden, Terrence McKinney? That one's happening. I just that fight is actually happening. Both yes. of them taking McKinney it on is short... coming in. Both of them taking it on short notice, I think. Or no, Breeden. Is that how it is? Breeden yeah, was, uh, was, was going to fight Lando Venata. Yeah. Oh, that's right. That's right. Sure. Yeah, yeah. So, so we get to McKinney. we get to have a real question about whether or not Terrence McKinney is as big of a shell as we thought he was of his yeah. uh, supposed prospect self, or if he actually has enough in the tank to beat a guy like Mike Breeden. Uh, short notice can be his excuse, though. But it's also Mike Breeden. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's true. This fight card not as good as as this past weekend. That's for sure. No, I don't think so. But there's there's interesting things there, like Khalil Roundtree, oh, yeah. Khalil Roundtree welcoming Chris Dawkins down to light heavyweight. Um, I'm interested to see what Chris Dawkins at light heavyweight looks like. And I think he's getting a terrible matchup here and a guy who's super fast. Um, and a guy who, who's on a nice little run, too. Yeah. Well, and I mean, this is a ranked fight for Chris Dawkins at the gate. Right. Yeah. Um, so that's that's fun. 
Uh, I, I'm happy that we're getting to see Marcus McGee again. Marcus McGee just coming off of, you know, a short notice fight where he looked incredible. And, you know, hey, I'm pumped for Montserrat Ruiz. That's my, that's yeah, my girl right there. Also, like, I, I didn't realize how long she's been away. She's been gone for two years. Um, yep. You know, she beat Cheyenne Vlismas, uh, which is a nice, it was a nice win. Clear 30-27, a not sweaty plus 300 on the money line. Um, and then I remembered she got knocked out real quick in her second fight. And I was like, oh, maybe she's a fraud and I just should forget about her. Um, and then I did forget about her. And it turns out that <laughs> loss that happened two years ago was to Amanda Lemos. Um, yeah. And, and now well. And now I feel a little bit better about it. Um, but who knows? I got to think about her and Jackie Amorim because Amorim was somebody yeah. else high on too. And she threw up a dud last time. So um, that's a weird fight. You know, like there's there's a lot of a lot of weirdness in there. Plus, who isn't happy they're getting to see Juliana Miller again? <laughs> it's true. And um, Josh Breeson, of course, Dan. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Chubby guys. Uh, hashtag chunky yes, guy fight. Hash guy, chunky guy fight is true. Um, all right. Enough of you people, uh, enough of us uh, giving you all this amazing content for free. Um, if you want more amazing content, you can catch us out, catch us out, catch us in the Discord. We are at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Discord in the Fights channel on Twitter, SGPN MMA. Gumby runs that account and puts out baseball knockouts as well, if you're interested in that. Uh, he's also a Gumby Vreeland. I'm a Jeff Fox writer. You can get all my MMA writing in your inbox, enter my pick and contest, and I might start doing some podcasts on there as well, moneymma.substack.com. Gumby does have another podcast, Top Turtle MMA Podcast. Make sure you listen to that. And sportsgamblingpodcast.com, of course, the mothership. The place to go for all our podcasts, all our giveaways. As Gumby, uh, we always have contests going on. We have one right now for Contender Series. Oh, uh, yeah, we almost HG- didn't mention yeah. it. Yeah. The SGPN app, sportsgamblingpodcast.com, sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon, and of course the SGPN app, right? That's it. Of course. We're going to be back in your ears very, very shortly, maybe within minutes from the time you hear this, uh, because we have Contender Series Week. It's the best time of the year. Gumby is going to try to be the Gumby God once again. Um, I'll be riding along with him, Zulfikar Jeff Fox, uh, along with the great. Gumby Vreeland, and we will talk to you very, very shortly. Bye.